Hello and welcome to the Book by Book, a podcast about the odd book or two you've read. I'm your host Scott and I'm not alone, Toby's here too. This episode we're talking about Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It's a pretty spoiler heavy episode, so if that's okay with you, continue on and I'll see you on the other side. Mm, blue skies ahead for you, UK Indeed. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to say, but I feel like summer's arriving. Oh, has arrived, yeah. But it's the UK, so it can disappear at any given time. Mm. It's like I've had enough of this, so I'm going to go somewhere else and, and, <laughs> and brighten someone else's day and around the world. But yeah, we're okay at the moment. It's lovely. Join the sunshine. Mm. Are you? Um... How are you? Yeah, not too bad here. It's like it's the same here. Uh, it's still kind of hay fever season for me. No, yes, it's always a bit grossy, but maybe on the other side of it, I don't know. Maybe uh, right. I am. I am noticing a tad. I'm in flip flops full time now. Oh wow! Um, get rid of my feet prisons and let the feet breathe a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually got to put them away soon. Like I've got a big hike coming up, mm. and I think flip flops isn't that good for your feet. On that, like they're not the amount I wear them. Basically, like all of summer and right I don't really do any sort of yoga stretches and i do know like when i wake up in the morning my feet are extra sort of like stiff mm-hmm. it's just the way you have to um clench your toes to sort of hold a flip-flop it just makes it a bit unnatural yeah so where's this hike uh it's going to be in sweden the klongs the, the king's road mm-hmm. oh wow um, and you're not doing this alone i understand no, no, with my partner, yeah. So yeah, that's gonna um, be exciting. And this is a, is it? Am I right in saying this is her first one? Uh like overnight sort of one, yeah. Like like this is like a, a, a sort of like a three week one. So yeah, in, in this in this scale, yes, we've just done like yeah. day hikes and like weekend hikes before. Right. Okay. So you've camped out together and. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Will you be uh, eating from the wilderness? Like no, I don't. I don't. Know. There's a lot. Stuff. There's a lot of talk about how you can. There's a lot of good mushrooms and sorts of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just not my world. And I just think the paranoia will make everything unenjoyable. Even with like a good guidebook, yeah, I, I still don't think I'll have the skill to sort of comfortably pick a mushroom and not poison myself, or just be paranoid, yeah, or any you little on a massive trip. <laughs> yeah, or just any little bit of indigestion will just keep me up all night. Going, oh, this is it. I'm sorry. Um, But there's probably berries and stuff we can eat if it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, your classic UK style, like blackberry bush. Wild berries. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of Mm. grow. But no, it's probably just going to be dried foods that you have waters. Right. (laughs) Are there many, um, are there many uh, sort of eateries along this route? I'm pretty sure once a day we'll pass, we'll pass like a little thing, like a little um, spa. Kind of, they have like natural springs and hot tubs out there. Oh no, um, I mean like a Tesco's. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, not quite a Tesco, but I think there are little shops along the way where, like, okay, I'm pretty sure every every fifteen twenty miles or so, there's a little hut you can sort of sleep in for shelter. Oh, cool. There's emergency huts, and most of them have a little, just a little s- supply stock up. Yeah, like place. a vending machine. How do you think you're going to cope with the because? Previously, my understanding is it's been a very solitary endeavour. Yeah. Um, um, is this will be your first, you know, partner-based mm, jaunt? Um, I think I'll be all right. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I guess it feels natural. Mm. Will you be taking, like, we do, do you expect to be 
conversing largely throughout the duration of the journey or would there be like entire days where you feel like you won't be saying anything and you'll have your headphones no. in no or... I, I don't think I'll ever do the headphone thing right I, I do Did imagine you... most of the hiking will be fairly quiet right but with the actual walking um mm -hmm. but I, I I don't think there'll be days of like non-dialogue non, non <laughs> yeah. I think like morning breaks and evenings uh and even when we yeah. when we do hike I'm sure they'll be chatting I guess it, it's hard to sort of you can't really necessarily walk next to each other all the time mm. and you have to watch your feet not a fair mm. I think this one is is the reason I'm not so worried about it is because it's fairly mild for most of it right um, and when you say mild, do you mean like elevation wise or just yeah, terrain? it's not it's not like uh, I think the last one I did, I, I kept coming up to sort of mountains that are like imagine like a mountain that you would go skiing on. Yeah. That sort of steepness and that does just take your breath away. Wow. Uh and you not have to sort good of climb boulders and ladders and stuff. So it's just just a certain ladders. concentrate sort of like just to get over what? certain yeah, if there's just giant boulders you have to climb up. They've, I mean, the ladder's better than the non-ladder and just really steep, like pulling your whole weight up, climbing like a cliff isn't the right word, but just like, you know, when you're a kid and you would yeah. climb something. I don't really know how to describe it. I guess it's like an ant looking at the... Like, like a if, you, if you find a shelf that's your height and yeah. it's just like tree roots to sort of pull yourself up, you have to sort of climb okay. up. Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Wowzers. Okay. <laughs> it should be fun. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'll keep you updated. Um, well, yeah, hopefully. In space, um, no one can hear you scream well. A Canadian forest or a Swedish forest, you probably no one can hear you there either. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 touted as a very well, like, people go without maps. Oh, so, okay. So well, like, signpost. Yeah. yeah. And we're going in a good time of year, like, the, towards the end of summer. Right. Well, like, we're going August to the beginning of September, which is sort of perfect, I think. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Does this does this um in any way segue to what we're here to talk about today? Not at all. I had a good opening, <laughs> so maybe I'll go <laughs> on that and then I'll clip this out and I'll stick it stick it in an yeah. episode that doesn't have an opening. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, so what are we talking? I'm 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 not privy to this, am I? No, we thought we tried something a, different. This is a Scott has read one. book. Toby hasn't read book. Mm -hmm. Toby, when you were a kid, mm. um, you're you're into football. You love a bit of football. Uh, yes, I used to. Uh, so I when you were a kid, I'll never forget, we were, we were, I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours, Fergal, this is years ago, mm -hmm. during like, the early stages of the World Cup. Yeah, And he said, oh, did you watch Ferg. the game? Shout out to Fergs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you watch the game? I was like, no, no. Like, I, I might watch the, the semi-final and the final. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I don't know how you don't like football. <laughs> like, what? it's just like, it's such a good equalising. Like, what do you do if you get stuck in the lift of a boss? It's as simple as, you watched the game last night? Oh, oh that footballer. Oh, what was he doing? Yeah. And I sort of never forgot that. I'm like, oh, I guess there's a whole, like, you know, I, I went to see a few games of him in a pub. Right. And the difference between his team winning and losing, mm. a full night out with shots going to a club until 3am on a weeknight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or going home to bed. Yes. That is the, right. the tribalism highs yeah. and lows which uh, I've never been privy to ever. I, I was I was again roughly sort of late teens to mid twenties. Uh, I was in a long term relationship, and entire weekends were written off due to the fact that my team would lose or win. God. And I would just it's like it would dealing just, with a toddler. 
it would emotionally drain me. And especially World Cups and things like that. I remember when Beckham kicked out at Simone in one of the World Cups and just devastated for like three weeks. Absolutely devastated. I came to a point in my life where I was just like, this is silly now. I can't. <laughs> the gods are just have, being cruel. I can't. He support a team like Southampton and expect to do anything good. <laughs> I was going to say because I'm on the Czech group and it swings to football. Are you not? Do you not support a team that are just consistently low and that like yeah. isn't it not a point of Toby? It's just the team you've picked are just low grade. It wasn't. It wasn't a case like as a as a as a, a, a um, thoroughbred football fan. You don't pick your team. Your team picks you. You are born in the area, and that is the team you support. That's what oh, okay. the diehards say. Because you so can go I was see born it as in, a kid. Yeah. I was born in Southampton. I used to travel to the ground and see them as the area. Picking a team at whim Mm. is kind of cheating in in the eyes of the hardcores. So it's a a struggle being a Southampton fan, but that's why I don't chip in in voice chats and and texts. You can never make fun of anyone else. No, you can't. It's really, really difficult. You're just there for the taking, basically. (laughs) But so... Uh, I guess my point to bring it into football, we, I won't keep going on that, but is that there's a sort of universal nod mm. when you meet someone, like you're part mm-hmm. of a glow, even if it's not your team, you try. I, I remember once, uh, I, I think with the, the same actually we've been talking about, we we're in a bar in London, and I, I sort of got the sense maybe you had a conversation about, like, you need to go out and make more friends, or or she was just drunk, and she just sort of came, came up to you once with some random guy and was like, Oh, this is Steve. He likes football too. And walked off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I just thought, no. huh? And it was like, who's this guy? And I, like, I don't know. Like, some guy. Like, <laughs> it and it felt to me like, okay, I guess it's that thing of like, you need to make more friends sort of thing. Yeah. I'll yeah. help you. And like, yeah. football, football. Oh. <laughs> off you go, go play. <laughs> um, Brilliant. No, so I, as a I, result, when, when yeah, you're in on. school, Mm. Did you join a school? Like, if you suddenly change schools, for example, would you be like, okay, those, there's just a, probably two two big groups just playing football every break. Yeah, I'm a join in. Like, was your school football football? It's lunchtime. I, 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 break times, lunch times, and early morning break. Football was what we did. Yeah. Yeah, douche. Yeah, right, we're finally getting on to what I'm talking about because I never had that. Right. Uh, and we thought I'm sort of introverted. Like if you know me, I don't shut the fuck up. I'm just really chatty for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you don't know me, it's like a completely different. Like like at work, people think I'm that really. Well, I am that really sort of fairly quiet yeah. guy. I just I I do start a conversation, but mostly not. I'll let someone come to me. Um, mm-hmm. So what I had instead was Star Wars. Right. Yes. And I was never. It was just something me and my friend sort of discovered. We'd seen it at that around that time, which was like the mid nineties. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure every Christmas day was just the movie highlights were either an Indiana Jones film or a Star Wars film at that time. Yeah. And it's, if you're listening and you're of a certain youth age, you're, it's probably like it's hard to comprehend pre pre um VOD Netflix world mm. and my parents were never into sky it was just the terrestrial like there was no yeah, paying yeah, anything same. extra so it was a cool thing even though it sounds like what watching one of six films every year for your childhood sounds boring but you didn't get to see it any other time you didn't have a recording of it it was just which one is yeah. it 
oh, it's the one yeah. that starts in the snow. Which one is it? It's that foresty one. Like, yeah. You didn't even know which one was which until it really It was a Christmas on. staple, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, me and my friend just discovered we loved it around the mid-90s. And that's when we sort of branched into the what is now known as the, the, the classics, which, which right. is like the, the novels of the world. Oh, and like Star Wars novels? Mm-hmm. Just let's expand universe. this universe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so you got to remember, this is way before it was cool. This was almost something we kept secret because it was, <laughs> it was sort of further bullied. It was uh, not, it was yeah. Not, I don't even think it's a cool thing now, but it's like part of the status quo and accepted if someone likes it. And mm-hmm. the, the Star Wars we're into is now, even then it was the mid-90s, but it wasn't retro. It was cool. It was just, yeah. even if you liked it, no one was into it, apart from yeah. being this kid. So in, in about 91, when the first, I think it was the the Dark Empire, novel came out right. it's really easy now to read it and go okay that was kind of enough but that was the first new star wars we'd had since return of the jedi mm-hmm. that was a huge thing even even if now for me to look back and go, this was rubbish it was like super high rated it was something mm-hmm. that finally what happened next with luke skywalker and all these people okay so the, so it, this was a direct sequel tie-in to the at end this time of, it was canon yeah it was, right, it was okay. sort of and there'd been nothing else beforehand by George Lucas. Mm-mm. Oh wow, okay. By and George it, Lucas, that's quite incredible. And it blew up. There's there's probably hundreds. Uh and if if you like I, I don't know if there's a law or canon, but you know, for example, if Luke had a kid, further mm. books in that timeline, Luke had a kid. Like people paid attention. I think they were commissioned by George Lucas. There's talks of like, you know things you couldn't couldn't talk about mm. and i think a, a lot of lucas was still not necessarily coming coming up with ideas but i think he had to be pitched and he would say no you can't use this character don't use right. these words you know i think no one could use i can't quite remember it now but there was a big complication when the the prequel ones were coming out like don't use the word sith because i haven't defined it yet even though the word is sort of out there so mm-hmm. there were books that had to use like uh he's a he's a dark jedi right so then disney took over as mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. and so what's going to happen now because they want to cash in on it so they basically said we can't use any of this and now we're going to do the force awakens and blah 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 we, we're sort of basically saying this these hundreds of books which people have considered canon we're going to put them under the banner of star wars legends Right. And they're not canon. Whoop. Put those aside. That's like a split universe, Ooh. which is kind of fair enough because it's like we, we're going to do these movies. George Lucas ne- always said he was never going to do another movie. So I guess people were happy to run and run with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm here to talk about one of the new canon novels, actually, I not one canon. of the classics. Uh-huh. So I know mm. we don't normally do it, but I wanted to dedicate this episode to my school friend, Sam, who was just in this world with me. Nice. like. I hated school. I was just relentlessly mm-hmm. bullied, uh, mostly mm-hmm. verbally, mm-hmm. but all day, every day. I'm sort of half Asian descent, and it did not go unnoticed in a, in a like a ninety eight percent suburbs, Surrey, yeah. England middle school. So there was just a lot of relentless bullying, and uh, my friend Sam was this little ray of light 
in this really yeah. crappy time for me. I wasn't even good at school. I couldn't throw myself into studying. I was like low grade on everything, bottom of the mm-hmm. classes. And I don't know. I, I literally remember one day, like Sam's mum was quite liberal. He could mm-hmm. pull sickies that she would know he was faking it and just say, yeah, take take the day. Right. And my mum was quite strict. Like if I, if I was sick in the morning, she said, okay, we'll go in. And if you're still sick, come out at midday, you know. Um, I know that's familiar. <laughs> and so I, I literally remember once I went into school and Sam wasn't there and that that first bell rung to class. And I just said, what, what the hell am I going to do all day? <laughs> like this was just misery. And mm. after like, after the first class and we ha- you have that 15 minute break, mm-hmm. I just went to the nurses. I feel sick and I go home. Like I was just, I was just absolutely the thought of spending a day, you know, yeah. without, without this person. Because I just there was no one like what do I do like I yeah I play football yeah so just a shout out like when I, when I saw in the cinemas as an adult the rise of the Skywalker and mm-hmm. if you're listening you're probably a Star Wars fan it's like yeah I I get it it's a trash film it is pretty like what did Disney do but I I I, uh, I saw that on my own during the daytime mm. and um, I welled up yeah. a couple of scenes got me so moved. I was welling up mostly from the nostalgia. I was thinking of yeah. my of my friend and this childhood, and uh, you know that's what Star Wars meant to me. Like I didn't have football, I didn't have any universal thing that I could just join in a new crowd and just mm-hmm. chat to, or, or okay, let's just play football. Like it was just the most boring thing, almost for me a cheeky, ever. yeah. So all I had was this one geeky thing with this mm-hmm. one friend who was into it. <laughs> Is this Holy the same crap. guy that you used to do the drawings with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much. Okay, so Disney took over. They said, forget that. But yeah. this was before the first film had released. And so they, they started releasing what is like known as the new canon, where they wanted to tie together Turn of the Jedi and what was going to be The Force Awakens. So you're okay with the fact that Disney came along and said, everything that you've all been reading for the last 20 years, disregard that, we're starting fresh. Yeah, it happened at a point where I'm, I'm just like, I'm okay with all of these new Star Wars films being rubbish. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's it's a shame, but I, I, I can even get some enjoyment out of The Rise of Skywalker. I've seen it a few times. Okay. That's because I can just, like, I can let go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, right, don't care if it's not good or bad. I haven't even seen all the Star Wars on the, t- the TV show Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's just like a like a very sweet part of my childhood, but that's mm-hmm. like and have you have you read a large amount of the um canon legendary books? As a kid, ex canon. Me and my friend Sam, I think actually considering how many there are, not really. We probably read about five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Not that many then. Like a trilogy called the Jedi Academy, where Luke mm-hmm. goes to start the new world of Right academies, and I loosely remember that, but I actually p- picked one up and flicked through. I'm like, you know what? I don't remember a thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just some random standalones. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. There was one which is uh, like tells from Jabba's palace, and it was just short stories about mm. random characters from from Jabba the Hutt's palace. Even that little wow. thing that sits on goes, <laughs> got like its own beginning, middle, and end short story. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's Star Wars, right? You go to the, you think about any character, as far in the background as you can see in any shot, you'll find like 10 Fan pages fiction. on the guy mm. on the Wikipedia. 
Mm. When, when I was listening to a, a podcast from a writer I like, and she had done um, the Han Solo movie novelization. Mm-hmm. And she said, the character who gives him his name, when, when he's like, what is your name? He's like, Han. He's like, what's your surname? I'm alone. He goes, Han Solo. That's it. That's all this character does, like an admin guy for the Imperials. Mm-hmm. She was even told, no, you, this this guy has his own story. You can't, you can't, you, you don't have and open to give this guy like even musings of a paragraph it was like no wow. if you want it we'll send you the info we have on that guy she can even like and that was a new film that flopped that is considered yes. unsuccessful with fans and critics alike mm-hmm. um, so that's how deep star wars goes the opposite to you like i had football i didn't have star wars i've never been a fan of star wars i've <laughs> never really gotten into star wars mm. I've, I've watched the films i enjoyed force awakens I had no interest really in the other two. I thought they were mm-hmm. quite boring. I've never read a single bit of fan fiction or a book or a comic or a graphic novel or listen to music. I don't have the DVDs and I have a lot of DVDs. <laughs> it's so, just a cool movie you saw once that was okay. Yeah. And and yeah, even the ones that were on at Christmas time, I could take them or leave them. It weren't I wasn't like, oh, I must watch that. Oh really? You didn't have that yeah. kid excitement when it came no, on. No, no. Oh wow! I've, de- I've never, I've never, never ever gotten into Star I was a Transformers through and through. Oh wow! So just the TV show and the the, the sort of cartoon movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess how I comics. sat next to Toby listeners when the first Transformers movie came out. And mm-hmm. um, what's did. that quote like? If something oh, I can't remember now, like I would trade everything to be a kid to be a kid on Christmas morning. Yeah, like that. That energy is just lost on that. The closest I've ever had that was sitting next to Toby during Transformers, like squealing and sitting forward and clapping, and like you were more entertaining than that movie to watch. Yeah, so it was a pleasure watching it with you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I loved it. I guess that's whether or not you think the film was good. Like, um, I think I saw The Force Awakens in the big screen with a friend. Mm. (laughs) It was one of those uh, sort of arty cinemas. Mm-hmm. So they served beer, and we saw it with my friend Will. Shout out to Will, and um, basically got not pissed, but we had like two pints before, yeah. And then we took a pint in and a whiskey. I don't know, wow. after, and only... so we both had to pee like three times, and we yeah. weren't we weren't by an aisle. Oh, it turns out getting people to move during the first screening ever of Force Awakens before people knew it was going to get bad. There's a lot of tutting. Oh God, there's yeah. tutting. I was considering yeah. peeing into my pint the third time <laughs> uh but when that music came on on the big screen it just sent chills down my yeah. spine it, it's such a, I can such a superb opening um so <laughs> okay we're gonna have to have a, a beep beep richie alarm <laughs> for you because beep, beep, it's star wars <laughs> and we never talk about it and there's a good chance i'm just gonna sort of get sidetracked a lot no uh, problem. So beep, beep, Richie, me. If it feels mm-hmm. like I'm not focused, because we're what is normally the halfway point, and we're just starting the book review. When Disney took over and they knew they had these films coming out, they commissioned three or four books that were going to start, <laughs> <laughs> start, start bridging the gap. Yeah, um, and one of those is called Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Her her Star Wars books are super popular. Okay. This book I'm going to talk about, Lost Stars, is is really highly rated. So was she commissioned by Disney mm-hmm. to write, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they they approach you for what I know. There's um in that podcast I was talking about. I think 
uh, he talks about, for example, you just get a one-off payment for this. There's no royalties when you do something like this. You just get paid a flat fee to write this book. Did you say how much? Uh, no, I, uh, no, I guess not. But you, mm. you know, you, there's no. Even if you create a character, you don't own it. This is like a sort mm-hmm. of gun for hire job, which is sort of fair enough when you're, yeah. when you're working this weird franchise thing, right? Yeah. So we basically this book roughly starts about ten years before a New Hope, and finishes right. a year after Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. okay. And the reason is because our two characters are are brand new. They're not right. canon characters in any way, and they're going to be dipping in and out of Star Wars movies. Uh, okay, so the main hope. main story then, mm-hmm. and that for me was the hook. Okay, more more than anything else. So this is about a 20, 2014 book, maybe twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. I think, which is about about a year before Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. How many think, pages? Um, I don't know, maybe 300, but okay, so it's not I've, a tomb or anything. No, but I've noticed like all the all the copies are quite oversized. Like mine was a hardback edition, but it's that thing where like that's there's not many uh lines per page, like it's quite large yeah. font and sparsely. Written. Yeah, like, it does go quite quick, but and this is probably a bad note for it. Like it did take me like three, like I did start reading it in January, mm-hmm. and I finished it. Like if we say now, maybe a few weeks ago, that's June, mm-hmm. uh, because I just kept putting it down for for a long period, which no real reason. I guess I, I would, that's the sort of problem when you're reading like three or four books at the same time. I was reading yeah, some totally. other colossal books, like one of those passage books, mm-hmm. eight hundred page vampire books, and a, a Stephen King six hundred page book. So it was mm-hmm. just like. I'll do a chapter of this, chapter of this, chapter of this. But then when one's ramping up, you're like, okay, I'll get this one out of the way. Yeah. So we basically have these two characters. I'm going to call her Sienna. I think that's how you pronounce it. And Thane. Mm-hmm. I hate right. the name Thane because it's mm-hmm. it's so entwined between other Star Wars characters. There's a character right. called Thorn, and it just feels too aesthetically like other characters and like a bad person. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Thane and Sienna. Mm-hmm. And they're at the very beginning, they're really young kids on mm-hmm. what's known as like an on the out, a planet that's on the outreaches, which implies just like sort of the backwater, the sort of yeah, the south, I suppose, of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the empire at this point are kind of the status quo right. because it's like a year before a new hope, mm-hmm. and these kids are like, I guess it's something you have to wrap your head around is that first half of the book we know what star wars is so Mm. we know empire equals bad Mm -hmm. but for these kids it's just the the equivalent of like yo i'm I'm gonna join the army i want to fly tie fighters i want i want to fly one of those giant star destroyer warships we see floating around imagine how Mm -hmm. cool that would be and so we want to protect the world Mm -hmm. we're introduced to these kids really young where they meet and i think sienna's quite scrappy She's yeah. basically what's known as like a first generation for this planet. Mm-hmm. So they're colonists who are like farmers. Right. Okay. And then Thane is like the son of an aristocrat, which is like second or third gen that basically came down to like lord over like the, the kind of the plantation owners, I suppose, mm-hmm. living in big, rich houses. And they sort of meet as kids. Like the, the empire does like a recruitment drive, you know, like mm. join the army, look at all the cool stuff you can have. And as kids, they sort of run up to it and we, we bump it. We already start bumping into characters. Um, Peter Cushing's character from A New Hope. Right. 
I'm embarrassed. I don't know his name. I'm talking about young and impressionable, though, is how you would call them. Mm-hmm. Blown away by the tech. Mm. And there's one of them gets into a fight. Sienna gets into a fight because she's like scrappy and poor and Thane sticks up for her. And they sort of say as kids, like, let's help each other learn to fly. And then we sort of jump to young teens. That's just an mm-hmm. introduction to who they are. And they're basically like, you know, quite young, plucky pilots on their own little planet. And they they basically join the Imperial Academy. Mm-hmm. And so the book is going to follow like these two characters. And there's not for a while, but there starts to be budding romance between them. It sort of builds okay. like the Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. in Star Wars land. Um, with an interview with the author, or, or at least other articles that interviewed her, she actually said, like, that, you know, the Roman Juliet thing, it's, that's more of a selling point. She actually took a lot more inspiration from Casablanca. Right. Once she said that, I kind of see what she means, but I also feel like I take that very loosely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're both, they're both working for the Empire. You don't have the, uh, the Romeo and Juliet opposites side well, of the fence thing going on, do you? <laughs> well... And so there's, there's, a, there's a split, obviously, yeah. Because we're in and out of the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. we get to the point where they blow up older around the events of the New Hope. Mm-hmm. And they they basically pass with flying colours, both at the top of their class. There's quite a cool mm-hmm. thing that they're basically, they're really tight together and they're battling first and second place always. And they have to build a cannon and all the, all the sort of electronics that go with it. And then when it comes to revealing Thanes in this big, warehouse thing you know where everyone's canon is like a big science project like the wires have been cut and he's been sabotaged and it's oh no so like it must be that guy so he can either fail or be like yo i've been sabotaged so he says yo i've been sabotaged this isn't isn't really fair and when Mm -hmm. it it kind of really comes down to like either you did it yourself or sienna did it like when we look at the footage it had to be one of you uh, and so that kind of creates a divide because she's like, well, obviously it wasn't me. And he I think, has hesitations where he thinks it's her. Yeah. I don't think they ever answer it solidly, but I think the biggest theory is that the like the teachers did it to call those two off because they're so high above everyone else and they're working together a lot. There's mm-hmm. a bit of like, you shouldn't really form this type of friendship in the, in the Imperial thing. And it kind of works. They do not go their separate ways, but they cool off a bit. Yeah, it fractures it. And they graduate. And it's like, yo, you're going on to secret project no one knows about on this this place here. And you, you're off to like Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. Like, damn, so they're off to like big things. And the secret the secret project is basically the, um, the, the Star Destroyer. Death Star? Death Star, Jesus. Yeah. I love stars. Yeah, I don't um, know what it is. <laughs> and we just already, we start, like I said, we entwine, like we meet Princess Leia, like she... At that point, she's like a diplomat, so they're quite blown away with her. This mm. is before they know she's a rebel, and like she comes to a dance of theirs. We meet Pete Cushing's character. Oh, I can't remember his name. That's annoying. Um, Dooku? No, no, no. That's Christopher Lee. Okay. Oh, Star Wars much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, damn it. Anyway, so one of them is on the Death Star, and they blow up Alderaan. And it, this was quite a fun thing, was that half of them didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like it was just report, report to like the viewing window. Boom, this planet disappears, which is like tech no one's seen before. And, you know, a good chunk of them are from older. And one of their friends is like, uh, my parents are down there. <laughs> you know, they're all, yeah. they're all gobsmacked. 
And this is where Ascension rises within Thane. He's like, woo, are we are we the bad guys? Are we, you know, I, I get it, we're blowing up the rebels, but isn't there like millions of people who weren't on that planet? Yes, yeah. And the, the Imperials just, they're so strict. It, you know, you can't really voice that kind of opinion. It's like 1984. It's like, we're going to rewrite history. Mm-hmm. And that's right. It's not rewritten. It's just the other history is never existed you're wrong so this is where the, the sort of divide happens thing basically is like this and does a runner <laughs> and at first he just becomes sort of independent but it's still you can't just leave the imperials without like okay this is this is going to send you to jail for like uh, desertion grand and... moff wilhoff packin oh talking did you google it yes i did, <laughs> did they come to you <laughs> um and so that's where the novel is basically to cut it short thane joins the rebels while sienna rises the ranks to like star destroyer admiral right okay they're sort of very loosely never really get over each other as a first love only love Mm -hmm. and they get to steal these moments away as we join the battle of hoth in the in the snowy bit you know Mm -hmm. i think sienna goes to hover around the end of uh Empire on uh, on Bespin. Um, do you know that you know the Battle of Hoth? Do they like meet in a corridor where he's trying to save some people and she's trying to kill some people, and they come across each other in the corridor and they're like, oh, kind of where like they haven't had contact for a while. They have. She did go searching for him. She did find him. They they basically slept together, and she's like, I'm going to go back and report he was dead. And we can never talk again because you're a traitor. She is she's one with the Imperial. She is behind them. She has her doubts, but it's like, you know. So she's not all bad. She's just caught up in the propaganda and the this is that's right. That's basically her right entire now. arc to the end is like, mm-hmm. can you like to the point of frustration? Like, can you admit you join the wrong team? Yeah. But it kind of is where her backstory comes in that her people are very traditional. That basically at the end it comes down to like, I was wrong and I admit mm-hmm. it but I can't not join forces. So I'm going down with the ship to die with the Imperials because I just was brought up traditionally, which is just like honor above all things. She literally has to go back and dissolve her relationship with her mother for the Imperials. Her mother at one point is accused of stealing and she's like, I can't believe it. And her admiral's like, well, the Imperials never wrong. She's like, okay. So I think she said, I just have to go. And what what are you going to do if you go to that court and they find her guilty? She hesitates. She's like, well, I'll disown her. So that's sort of like, I guess, an example of, you know, wow. in with them. And that's when she goes back and meets him again. He, Thane is there. He's mm. like, well, I heard about your mum and I thought I'd come and stand tribute for her. And she's like, you're crazy. You're going to get caught. And they have another, there's another, there's a nice touch where they just, let's just go flying and forget everything. And that's the moment where they're like, he's still there. She's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, back when you're saying about the Battle of Hoth, there's a nice moment where, she suspects he's down there, but she never really knows. And every time there's a fight in the back of his head, it's like, is she in the TIE fighter? Did I just kill her? Yeah. At one point she knows he's joined because of a maneuver he does in a ship. That's like, right. That's his signature maneuver. He did. I don't know. Like a handbrake, yeah, yeah. a handbrake turn in a snow speed. Yeah. We meet up with Luke Skywalker, um, okay. a bit of Han Solo. I don't think they're in it, but they talk about them because it's the battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, Luke has a buddy in the back of his snow speeder who's mm. who's doing the shooting. He's mm-hmm. friends with our character. Right. He's like, oh, I'm buddied up with Luke Skywalker. That's cool. 
so it's a bit like, ah, oh, we know he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so it takes us all the way to the end of the space battle of, of Return of the Jedi and a little bit further. We get tie-ins to like, it's very loose tie-ins because also it's like we're still 15 years. But for example, it ends with Sienna crashing her giant ship rather than letting it get taken over onto, uh, is it Jakku? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the ship that Daisy Ridley's character Ray is scavenging from all throughout. And I believe in Star Wars Battlefront, this whole fight mm-hmm. is a big level. Like yes. the, the fight for Jakku during this yeah. battle star. You either are on it or in the background you see this huge ship crash into the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think that this constant threading throughout the existing t- stories is mm-hmm. a, a gimmick? And this story could have existed without all of that, or yes and no. Is it actually a nice I mean, fan service, or is it just something that is there to make people buy the book? Well, we're mostly on the side of the Imperials, so the new thing we get is basically humanizing the Imperials. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that, but this isn't something new to us, and we've grown no. up with a very black and white view of Star Wars: Empire equals bad, especially at this yes. point because yeah, we haven't understood that they're like uh i think in force awakens it's implied it's like child children that are kidnapped mm-hmm. so when they're blowing up planets and they're clearly a sort of a form of space nazis yeah when we're supposed to be on sienna's side and she's still justifying it it's like okay <sighs> it's 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 sort of too little too late for us in our heads it's like yes. you guys are the fascists they can understand that there are some people but as a force, it's really hard for us to put ourselves in those shoes. Yeah. Because, like I've said, we've had since um, when the first Star Wars came out in the 70s, we've literally mm-hmm. had a black and white view of this since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And here's the issues I have with these novels. The stuff that ties into the, the movies is very fleeting. Mm. It's, you suddenly find yourself there. Right, okay. It, it doesn't dig in. Do you want more of that then? Well, the problem is when we're not with them, it also feels quite fleeting that I'm waiting for it to tie in. Right. So I don't, for me personally, I was on both sides, you know, I'm over the halfway point and I'm feeling like, when is it, when am I going to feel like we're in the novel when we started? Because Mm. it has this time jumping. It feels like we're catching up to where the novel is going to take place in a montage. And that's kind of the whole novel. Yes, so I was okay. sort of alien. That's what I was getting at. I think it does the fact that you're time jumping. Mm. It's almost a story set against the backdrop of the films rather than. Well, mm-hmm. I suppose that is the same thing, isn't it? It's kind of like there's somebody trying to write a novel and about I definitely, two characters that threads throughout the. Yeah, no, okay. I definitely appreciate the effort. I mean, Rogue One, I mm-hmm. suppose, did it. Um, you know, tied it, tied it in to mm. this existing thing but i don't know it's like once i'm past once i'm at the halfway point and it's like okay the novelty is worn off of diving into the the, the canon scenes of the film what mm. am i left with and it it's basically a ya romance mm-hmm. that i'm not that invested into yeah now, this is a very highly rated book and i can understand why i think a lot of it comes down to me just being post-Star Wars, 
you know, like a, it was just a fun dive for me. So at, mm-hmm. its, at its best, it was quite fun. Like I said, when we meet Darth Vader, I think when I think Sienna is part of a small mission that goes to pick up Darth Vader, right. lost in space after a new hope. And she just talks about God. It just, you just feel eerie around him. And you sort of know right. about the force. So you're like, this guy knows what I'm thinking. Stop thinking. And it, she sort of gets promoted to his his personal starship. So she's like, well, damn, I think, I think Darth Vader Darth Vader knows who I am. You know? Yeah. Remember that time Stephen King retweeted one of your tweets? And you're like, damn, I, it's like King, like, he knows mm-hmm. who I am. It's in some form in the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like a, yeah. just someone uber, uber in the world has yeah. nodded to you. So there's there's some cool questions it has, but it never dives into it. It's like it raises a question such as what happens when you believe in the message, but not the team? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess like I can only really think in modern times where it's like politics, where it's like I normally vote for the, for this party, but their leader is a bit of a tit. But I don't yes. want to change parties because I don't really agree with the other party. So it's like mm-hmm. politics has had a change over the last 10 years, but slightly more where it's like you're voting for like the – the person the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. yeah like it, it, do you do you abstain and just not vote even though like but it's still like you know i want this side to win even though i don't like who's going to be in charge but in today's times it's like it's especially in england who's in charge could change we, we get was it liz trust who was out in like two mm-hmm. weeks or something you know? yeah yeah but I, I gotta feel like every question this book raises, it just fizzles to like, oh, interesting. And then not that it can give you an answer, but it just sort of doesn't dive in deep and dark enough. Mm. Which I guess you wouldn't want it to. Like it would do in a YA Star Wars book, it should be more fun. And this yep. sort of sort of edges on the bleaker side because most of it is from the point of view of people who are on the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, I guess with with Sienna it, it it sort of comes evident that it's like a cult for her. Like I said, she's like... Yeah, she's like, it's, it's a cult is exactly it. That's a perfect example of it being brainwashed into believing a, an ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I was reading, it was a podcast I listened to called Cults, and it's like, why don't people leave when mm. they realise? And it's because you don't see yourself as gaining the future. You mm. see yourself as losing the past. If you've been mm. in it for five years, you just think, I've, the five years is nothing. Is, it was all for nothing if I ditch out mm. now. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I break through to the other side, there's it was worth something. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to when to cut your losses. I guess she's on that sort of point of it. Mm. Um, the, the action was didn't really feel. I was never really thrilled until we we're on that final battle, where she is like the last sh- captain going down with her ship trying to sink this star destroyer onto a planet, and Thane runs through the door. And it's like, damn, this this is quite a cool epic climax of Titanic proportions. Yeah. And they start fighting. It's like, oh no, please. She's like, you're the enemy. He's like, look, forget that. Let's get in this goddamn escape pod and we'll sort it out later. And that's when her sort of, I guess, cult feelings come down to her. She's just resigned to dying and not being right. a traitor. And they have to fight it out physically, which is partly frustrating. You're like, I would really like them to sort of metaphorically emotionally climax this rather yeah. than physically climax it because mm-hmm. then because then what happens is like we're not we're not really resolved if it's down to a phys- yeah. him physically trying to knock her out and get her into an escape yeah. pod and is this a fisticuffs or is this a lightsaber battle no it's fisticuff no lightsabers right. here no force stuff 
Right, okay. But frustratingly, something that's always bugged me about Star Wars is Han Solo's, he's he's sort of with Han Solo's view in A New Hope of, it's all a bit of hocus pocus. Hmm. It doesn't work for me personally, because once the prequels came out, uh, it's like, it's like in the New Hope, it kind of almost comes down to an Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like a hundred years since people have understood, like generations any, yeah, have kind yeah. of yeah. come before it's been that important. Yeah. But with the with the the prequel films, in in these characters' lifetimes, the Jedi's kind of were peacekeepers of the universe. Mm-hmm. And with communication and the technology the way it is, it's not like a newspaper, it's you're reading information live. Yeah. So for for the equivalent of the people who kept peace throughout the galaxy to have this magic power and lightsabers to be brought down and in your lifetime, oh, I don't really believe in all that stuff. It's like, no, what? But there's there's evidence here. Look, here's some video <laughs> evidence. Those people are still alive. It's not like yeah, my granddad told me stories of it, so I'm spurious. It's like, no, you you've seen, you were there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. something that's for me. I guess that's just continuity <laughs> writing within, within yeah. the movies you can't really undo. There is a there is a hint, I think, uh I think Thane says like, I don't know if I believe in the force, but something's pulling me and Sienna together. Right. Like when he has to he basically before before the last Death Star assault, he runs off to see Sienna or to, to protect her mother, to protect Sienna's mother. Mm. And that's a big thing. It's like, sorry. Uh, we're trying to assault, plan a big assault, and you ran off, and you basically had a love affair with like one of their now high-ranking officers. Are you a spy? Because how do we trust that? Mm-hmm. They kind of brush it under, saying "young, young love" and eye rolling. Yeah, I guess of love. If you've seen the film The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, or Cold Mountain with um the cold yeah. and jude law i guess it made me think of that because <clears> our <throat> two characters aren't they don't spend that much time together right i remember when those both those films came out a lot of the negative was like we thought it was a love film but they're literally at the beginning and the end together mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. you know two hours of them being apart finding their way to each other which is fine that's what it's about but yeah that's kind of where this this novel has uh they do mm-hmm. get a childhood together but do you do you think because by the sounds of it, the way that you've described this, it is a hodgepodge of everything that's been done before mashed together in over with to the backdrop of a Star Wars movies. Yeah, I, I wasn't blown away like this. Like I said, mm. the, it doesn't sound like there's an awful, awful lot of originality to it. No, I mean you get you get exactly what it says on the cover. Mm. A Romeo and Juliet story in the backdrop of the Star Wars canon films. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it, or I guess you, what you asked before, you're right, it's kind of held back by tying it into the movies. Mm. And I don't really know why that shouldn't really be the case because you just it just gives you a playground for these things. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want it to be longer. By the end, I was glad it was that short because I did lose interest. Yeah. But i got to remember it's, probably... it's a YA book. Not everything can yeah. be, you know, like I said, I'm reading the passage novels that are 800, yeah. 800 pages. It's not Game of Thrones. King Dark Tower books. Mm-hmm. But not everything can be... You know, we're getting enough. This deserves five books a thousand pages <laughs> long. Yeah. But I guess I didn't feel its epicness. Yeah. But maybe because we're dealing with three movies that were individually arguably epic. At it's least like two a, it's almost like a light-hearted jaunt. Mm. Through um, an established IP. 
yeah and like i said some of the funnest stuff were at least at the beginning the tie-ins mm. you know like i did go look oh it's that character Ooh, like when <laughs> you know when you see when you see princess leia i guess i do like the little glimpses you get of characters we established outside of the yeah. movies i always yeah. like a reframing it sounds like an odd thing but the gap between Fellowship of the Rings and the Two Towers was so big, I probably saw the, saw the Fellowship about five times before I saw that second one. Mm-hmm. And so that when Two Towers opens, it starts off with Gandalf in the Balrog. Mm-hmm. And just for like three shots, we get an alternative view of the cave scene. Mm. And I love that. I'm like, oh, God, there's a new mm-hmm. angle of the, the same sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do love that. I like, I love deleted scenes of old movies mm-hmm. where I just get to see some more of that world, even if it doesn't add anything. So we did get those no, no, little no, glimpses exactly. of this, but it's just not enough to sustain a movie. It's like yeah. it should be icing on the top, yeah, not the full cake. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a good, if, if it's very split people saying, if, if you're new to Star Wars, I guess a lot of people are actually saying like, this is a good place to start. Right. Because it, it is enough of its brand new stuff with stuff that you'll recognize from the clear movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, I think the biggest problem is just me coming into it now in my in my life as a, yeah. a four-year-old. It overall it was like a fun jaunt to go back to this. Like I said, more than anything, there was a nostalgia for school and like I wanted to call my friend yep. Sam and say, Yo, have you read this? So I'm gonna give it a high rating just for what it is and it re- sort of represents yeah. I do well, like the idea of it, her being the captain of the the same ship that Ray holds the the MacGuffin up to mm. find the where Luke is mm-hmm. later. Do they do they reference the Luke? The this is how you find Luke. No, 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 none of none of that. When I say it's a tie-in, it's pretty loose. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's just sm- like just name dropping new planets. I think in an interview, she said she had this thing where a Star Destroyer is crashed. On, it was like another planet and another ship, but they were like, actually, mm-hmm. we have something with the Battlefront game and with the Star Wars script. If you can just change it, you're you're very close to what we have. Like she didn't invent mm-hmm. the planet Jakku. It just right. her big climax tied in with small shifts. So, so she said that was pretty exciting. That must have been cool as a writer mm-hmm. to be writing something that then the people that have hired you to write your novel have got actually, you know what, we're doing this mm-hmm. in this you're gonna get bigger a gay, you're gonna scale get to see thing. This. So you are gonna... <laughs> bridging a gap wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Well done. We'll take that and use it here. Mm. That's pretty it's, cool. It's not the biggest gap. It's uh, it's that thing where does did anyone watch it and go, hmm, I want to know the history of that ship. It's nice that yes. it exists. Yes, I reckon there's probably a thousand million people <laughs> yeah. based on what you were saying at the beginning That's of this true. podcast. There is probably enough people out there that what? <laughs> there's there's fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess the biggest problem people seem to have was Sienna basically staying on the dark side for so long, and it, yeah. it kind of ends with her like arrested because she went down with the ship. Mm-hmm. And she survives. So, like the, the year later, it's like she's literally in a jail cell, like appearing in court. Like she's right. just about to go to court for her crimes, which are were you a part of the Death Star? I'm like, yeah. Like, okay, so you've got like genocide blood on your hands. Yeah. And I don't know. She really, she actually was a war criminal. 
Mm-hmm. And she actually was a high-ranking officer, and that's where the jarring has come. So far, there has I don't think there's been a sequel, but it's always yeah, been I was going to say, it's going to be a sequel. She has done more Star Wars stuff, I believe. She's quite a, right. a, a modern canon heavyweight. Mm-hmm. She's done three or four, but I don't think this one has a sequel. Right. But people Do you, are, you see where it could go? It. Yeah, it's, it's hinted nicely because it's... It ends with her and Thane in jail cell, and he's winking, going, I think it's going to be all right. Like, I pulled some strings, which is also really offensive to other people. If, if it's like, hello, I'm an old granny, and um, she killed my planet. I don't care if you like her. I don't care if she came through at the end. It's like the Darth Vader or the 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 Ren uh, yeah. complexity of just because he turned good for five minutes, it doesn't wipe out 50 years of desolating the goddamn universe. Yeah. But it sort of cuts back to the Imperials, like we're gonna we're gonna reform. And uh, one of her friends who thinks she died on that ship is like, we're gonna give her the highest death honor you can have. And yeah, we're gonna avenge her. So it definitely sort of peeps into potential secret. Okay, I guess I like the idea of them finding out uh, they've given you the highest honor of doing of like doing everything you can for the imperials it's very hard for us not to condemn you to life in jail right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um maybe that's, that's why there's been no sequel because it's yeah. it's just i can't really i sort of did it too tight i sort of took her too far that to get her out is unbelievable they could mm-hmm. bring her out and make her a spy i don't know mm-hmm. it seems like far too much time has passed for there to be a sequel now of interest right. yeah yeah i suppose yeah no because People that would have loved it back then are probably disillusioned, shall we say? Yeah, with Disney's Star Wars. Reading Stephen King. Mm. <laughs> if you've read this and you're a fan of this, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely know what see you thought in the comments. Yeah, what if I don't know? I probably don't know if I read any more Star Wars books. As fun as I had this, I read one last year, the the Dark Empire, which was mm. the first of the the old canon ones. Thinking it was going to be, I thought I'd read it as a kid. So it was going to be in a trip down the road. I don't think I did. I remembered nothing from it. Hmm. Uh, I was in a review at the time, but then too much time passed. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I think someone's done their very own animated film of it on YouTube. Oh, maybe wow. I'll watch it as a refresher. Maybe, audience, do you care for us to review the Zark, whatever it was called? Heir Dark to the Empire. Empire. So, to the so Empire. when I said like those old canon were wiped out, a lot of those characters are poking through. The new right. canon, like they've just sort of, I, I guess, recycled is the term. Yeah. Like if you've ever seen a, a blue guy in a sort of ship's uniform, he was like he was that star of that book, I believe. He there was talk of him in Mandalorian. Right. So when I say they started their new canon, not everything was lost. Some ideas have started to come through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the stories and the the general yeah, direction what, what that, that was taking. Our, our fun yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, Luke having a child and people have said the best thing they should do is just make them into like some cartoon movies for Disney, mm-hmm. like the Batman. The, I think the Batman animated start doing just like yeah. here's this Batman story. Forget about the past and the future. Just enjoy this with these characters, and you get yeah. the idea. That's all I have to say about Lost Stars. I'm going to give it a thumb. It's I don't know. Does it is it a bit like weak of me to say I did particularly enjoy it, but I'm giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> no? I wouldn't read the sequel. But so I'm you'd give you'd say it's a three out of five. Yeah, I seven guess out, what's smacking seven in the out of him. Mm. Yeah, I give it a five. But a million high-rated reviews on Amazon and Goodreads will will tell me to zip it. Yeah. <laughs> what's your opinion count for anyway? Mm-hmm. Um 
interesting. I can't say that I'm in any hurry to read it. After, after, after <laughs> now you, have you ever this? read, like, you're a huge Firefly fan, Philip, Fire. Firefly, yeah. Fan. No, I've never read any. I haven't. Don't think I've read any fan fiction or any world tie-in novels. Or, yeah, none of that. Never. Mm. Not of any any franchise. I've never read Transformers book. I've read How the only game? thing that I've like no Assassin's Creed no novelization. No, nothing. Just never in your world. No, the only book thing that I've done that is I read the uh, Ring book. Was the original film was based on. Okay, yeah, I guess that's a, that doesn't really count. Like the no. if the film was based on the book, you do have a novelization of My Neighbor Toretto. Yes, I do. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Have some nice play theatre play anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good shout. Um, coming up sometime yeah. next year. <laughs> Talking of coming up, um, our next podcast is going to be, I think, an exciting one. Ooh, Legends and Lattes. Legends and Lattes, yes, which we are both, uh, I'm I'm on the cusp of finishing, so mm-hmm. it should be with you very shortly. But, spoiler warning, I quite enjoyed this book. I feel like it's right up the alley of this podcast. If you like, if you like coffee yeah. and you like sort of fun, sweet, you know what, we'll save that. We're giving yeah. away our cliffhanger ended. Uh, do you have the short, st- I've finished the novel, but I found yes, that there's, there's a short, a short story, story okay. at the end. I haven't read that yet, yeah. I've got okay, like two chapters not, left to finish. Nice. If not next week, the week after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a good section of questions at the end as well. Don't know if you've got Ooh, that. I don't know if I do. Uh, I'll yeah, let you spring that on me. Uh, I've got the recipes for Thin Blitz. And then, yes, yeah, it's, right, no, it's an interview. An interview with Travis Bardley. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I don't know if I have that. So I'll, I'll let you pick out mm-hmm. the interesting things from that. Get on board, listener. It's quite a quick read. And by the yep. time... Oh, who knows when these episodes are going out. But yeah, Legends and Lattes coming soon. Mm. Uh, shoot us an email or put in the comments what you thought of Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. And Like uh, and subscribe. Just send us a hug. Yeah. Not, we are not really so high with the fan interaction. So let us know you're out there. Like and subscribe at all the things you do with normal podcasts. wrap it up around there i want to thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed join us again next episode and until then let's put your look at bookstores and have a good day